history, humanity has made and had unique relationships with his products, from the purposeful to the pointless. Have you ever wondered what motivates humanity to do this? Welcome to Object Passion, the ongoing discussion of a group of industrial designers exploring the relationship between man and what he makes. Please welcome Sharif Manganis, Joe Wang, and Thomas Kim. There's a side to this that a lot of people don't sort of acknowledge, right? That like FOMO punches a, a button in the brain that is very, very similar to addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, um, right. having been a smoker since the age of 16, I, I've quit smoking twice and I still like smoke to this day, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, actually now going on almost 18 years of smoking, right? So uh, I can tell you from experience of of quitting cigarettes, getting pulled back in, yada, 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 right? Like FOMO feels very similar, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, You almost have a physical agitation, Oh my God! Oh, am I missing out? Oh, <laughs> uh, <and laughs> you know, like uh, people are not very good at psychologically coping with that if they've never encountered it before. Yeah. You know, yeah. like having having quit cigarettes like at twenty one, I I learned what that feeling was like firsthand. You mm-hmm. know. Um, and it's very interesting, but the reason why people don't value the, the, the time with loved ones, the, the time out in nature, because it doesn't give them that quick buzz, you know, right, that right. quick, oh, let me get that dopamine. Oh, yeah, that feels right, right. good. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. uh, it's it's interesting because that that's one of the big mechanisms of games nowadays. Also, that's why you see like uh, videos of streamers raging when they lose right, because yeah. it, it's not just that they're angry. Yes, they're angry and frustrated, right? But the brain was waiting for that dopamine release of their win, mm-hmm. you know. And now you've taken the drug away from the junkie. Right as he was about to take his hit, yeah. you know, uh, and and that's that's that FOMO, uh, and that's going to be an interesting thing for us as designers and like marketers going forward. How how do you shift a society that has been built on that, you know, and right. been like reinforced that this is the way we that things are, quick right. hits and then you know on to the next mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think I don't know if a fast pace is always the healthy solution. You know, sometimes you need to take time, and most of the time I think it comes from that anxiety of 
mm. of thinking that um, you're behind in the others and the society will eventually abandon you. And that's what we learn in capitalistic society. And I'm not saying that you know, I'm against capitalistic society because that's the yeah. only system that survived. But definitely there are a lot of flaws that we need to sort of um, reconfigure because mm. um, I think those things makes people feel always they need to be competitive. They need to totally. sort of survive, totally. you know. And uh, yeah, um, certain amount of competitiveness I think is healthy. But a lot of times we have to also reach our hands out to the losers too, you know, who lost the game in the society mm-hmm. to let them come back and get back to their feet, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think U.S. Uh, capitalism is a little harsh on that, you know. Winners just take a lot and losers just gets abandoned. And yeah. I think that's kind of the core fundamental reason why uh, people are FOMOing because they feel like, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if they're missing out, they're pretty much done in, in their, you know, wherever they're in. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, socially yeah. and otherwise. Yeah, right, right. So, I think this kind of things hurts the society a lot because not only by ourselves, but the environment too, because think about it, basically social media and yeah. like, like Sheriff was saying, like people will just, when we go out for dinner or when we go out for, for chat, we're not chatting. People are just always like head down and then use phones and and I think this is a disease, right? For for younger generation nowadays, <laughs> and yeah. I think this is where the digital world is on a trend too. Because before we have physical objects that we can use, we can we can mm-hmm. enjoy it, but now it's everything's digital and everything's on social media, everything's on platforms, you know. And yeah. uh, people just wanted to get into that like newest update, newest news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it hurt. You know, what's funny about that is that like when we were, when I was in PCC and when we were in art center, there were no amount uh, or no limit to the amount of um, ethical scoldings on some level that were available to us. Right. Like, Oh, don't design a gun, you know, don't design something that can be used to harm somebody else, you know, Um, and all of this stuff, which is funny, right? Because like, okay, well, I can use a car to run somebody over. I can use a kitchen knife to to kill somebody like, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, like realistically it's, you know, but I get it, right? Like I understand where they were coming from ethically. However, this is a side of ethics that I don't think is being discussed within education. Mm-hmm. You know, the ethics of like psychological manipulation that is happening now on like the software side of things on like the apps, right? right. Like realistically I could sit here and show that like the people who are designing these systems are causing so much greater pain and discomforture than, you know, a, a, a single pistol, you know what I mean? Right. Or something like that, right? Like, they are, FOMO is a source of and generates psychological anxiety, you mm-hmm. know? And 
anxiety has been on the rise in the U.S. People are committing like suicide over it, right? Yeah. And like we are not holding these people accountable. Hence, we need to enter into an era of accountability, <laughs> right? Um, where where we address this stuff, you know, like we should not be designing to basically turn people into addicts, you mm. know, like, right. And and that is not part or has not been part of the design discussion so mm -hmm. far, you mm -hmm. know, with this new era of digital products. Right. You know? Definitely. Yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, that formal topic is pretty huge, I think, you know, during this time, especially, you know, going through a quarantine and everything I do oh, yeah. triggers yeah triggers people to to be online most of the yeah. time. Yeah. You know? But I highly suggest to all the listeners and I myself too, um maybe turn your phone down. You know, you don't have to turn it off, but maybe, you know, just put it down and, you know, just look around, you know, find some interesting thing to do at least for for, you know, a couple hours to refresh yeah. your you know mind. I think that really helps. For me, um, recently, I, you know, I mean, I'll get into this, like, as I go more episode, but, um, you know, I, I was diagnosed with uh, panic disorder. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, I, I quit uh, caffeine for a while. I love coffee, by the way, but, you know, I just can't drink coffee right now. You know, and mm -hmm. no alcohol. Um, but, you know, I took this opportunity to really just rest in really just kind of disconnect with the world for a bit, you know, and then just, you know, spend time with family and friends and that's it. Mm. That really refreshing my mental status. Really, really good, you know. So I feel actually healthier than before that incident, before I got mm. a disorder, mm. you know, because I, I feel more refreshed. And, yeah, yeah it, it was a huge detox process, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like that's good, man. Yeah. So... I'm not so scared of like, you know, not being updated. You know, I know a lot mm -hmm. of my friends and people talk about a lot of recent activities and stuff like that. Sometimes I listen and I just go, you know, um, you know, I, I just filter out stuff that I, it doesn't really matter yeah. in my life right now. Yeah. And it just really helps me to just focus and my energy is being uh, spent more efficiently because mm -hmm. I'm less distracted. Uh, start start waking up early, sleeping early. Start having a deep sleep, which is great. Nice. You know, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think you know. Of course, as a streamer or as a you know, a person for in the media, we have to be updated in you know certain things. But I, I'm I'm saying I'm telling to everyone, um, you don't have to be updated on everything. Just focus mm. on you know your interest what you love to do. And then, you know, time to time, uh, news will come by through word of mouth or friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's good to hear. Yeah. But you don't have to feel like you're missing out anything because you're not, you know, yep. you're, you're, you're living your life. You know, you have a family, friends or whatnot, you know, that's good enough. Like, I think totally agree. Like just slow down yourself and then just take a deep breath and then observe around the world. And, Sometimes right. you will find something that is more than interested than the app or digital, you know? 
Yeah. Like recently, I start going back to model making, and this is where hey, heal myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like building stuff, painting stuff, and then look at the pieces, look at the models, look at how, what what I can achieve without doing without going online, without like just just little little things, you know. And sometimes little things will come to your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think I think this is where, uh, like for listeners out there, find a happy <laughs> other than digital. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> seriously, yeah. I, I yeah. definitely agree. I, uh, me as a motorcycle rider, always uh, gives me the time of meditation, basically, because I'm in my helmet and just mm-hmm. by myself. You know, gives me kind of you know thinking of not thinking, you know, like just empty my mind mm-hmm. and just cruise down the road. It really helps you to refresh yourself. I, I like, uh, like Thomas, I actually had a, a period a few years ago where I was, you know, admitted into the hospital. I had a brief episode with panic attacks. Um, and it's weird in my adult life, like I've experienced anxiety, uh, which I never experienced when I was a kid. You know, right. Um, but one of the things that that gave me a bit of calm as I as I was kind of like thinking through the process was, you know, a lot of people in like this whole like FOMO and like social media culture also like forget what it is to be cool. You know, like as as funny as that sounds, right? Like, what does it mean to be cool? And to me, like, one of the things that, like, what it means to be cool is to not give an F about what anybody else thinks about mm-hmm. what you're doing, you right. know? Right, like, Live your life the way you want to do it. Be an example of the best way to live your life the way you want to live it. Mm-hmm. Be exactly. knowledgeable about the things you want to be knowledgeable in. Don't be knowledgeable about things that you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know? Admit you don't know those things and seek experts in that place and just yeah. do your thing, man. Like the cool kids in high school never asked for approval. They were never like going through FOMO about what the nerd kids were doing or what like the the band kids were doing. Like everybody was concerned with what they were doing. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like I, I appreciate it, but like I, I don't know. For me, like the best way to combat like the, this new approach to things is just be cooler than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like honestly, right. exactly. <laughs> just cool in the right way, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like every classical example that you've ever seen of the person who is like socially superior, the person who is like ahead of the game is not the person who's chasing the latest trends. Yeah. It never is. Not once. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're the people who have a strong tribe. They know their, their crew. They back and live their life with their group, right? (laughs) Be it their family, be it their like self-created family. You know what I mean? And they they live in the moment and they live their life with those people. They're not sitting here and saying like, 
oh, when the new hot thing going to drop, I got to get it, you know, so I get right. social approval. They right. never look for social approval. Right. <laughs> so exactly. when did that standard go out the window and, like, everybody has to be, like, chasing the same thing and wearing, mm-hmm. like, you know, being in a small group of people who are all wearing the same stuff. Exactly. That's not cool to me. I don't yeah. want to look like you. Right. You know? Right. So there's so many different ways to approach it. You can approach it from like a spiritual way. You can approach it from like a holistic, healthy way, you Mm -hmm. know, or you can even look at it from the superficial side of just being like, well, is it cool to chase the latest trend? You know, all of it leads you to the same answer that like the Mm -hmm. way we're doing things is not healthy. Right. It's not the way forward for sure. For sure. Wait, wait, wait. When was the last time you guys remember you actually not on digital like platforms actually actually making stuff? Um, hmm. I mean, for me, I, I always have my phone off on whenever I'm focusing on something like you know building a motorcycle, working on hmm. a motorcycle, and you know riding motorcycle. You can you can't actually be on a digital, uh, you know. Devices, because you're writing. You're That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you are. Yeah. 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 Seriously. Yeah, but funny when I'm driving, I actually mm. have my phone screen on mm. and mm. check out stuff. Sometimes that is dangerous too. You know, I'm mm. in, and I'm guilty of it. But um, <laughs> everybody does. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, uh, um, Joe? When was the last time you did? I, I assume with you, it was one of your models recently, right? Oh, yeah. Last uh, two days ago. <laughs> like, I I mean, was, yeah. mm, like, I was I was making models. I mean, I love making models, but sometimes I would get very, like, very into it. And mm. want to, well, that's a good thing and a bad thing because, like, I was just talking to my dad yet like a few days ago he's like you're too crazy you don't have to do this yeah all this deal because you can't see but but sometimes i think of i think of it as uh mentally healing myself doing small detail model making stuff and that really makes me a lot of that really makes me calm myself and also mm. in in the process of making the models painting the models i, I can i can i can throw in my design approach and yeah. that's win-win for me because I'm I'm a product designer and I wanted to make stuff. Right. And also I wanted to tell a story of model making and how I approach things. And I think I think model making and like this trend of hobby and stuff, it really is uh healthy. <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. like it's, a, it's like yeah. my chicken soup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean I hope I hope you, none of you guys are looking at your phone while you're doing this right now, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> but, um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, like, yeah, I'm, I'm very similar to Joe where, like, tinkering and building and working on things is, is like a therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What's interesting is I have a bit of ADD. And for those people who are up on their their psychology, actually, one of the features of ADD as like a, a 
psychological kind of issue is an obsession with uh, mechanical objects, mm. you know? And it's very interesting because I've been I'm, depressed is a strong word because a lot of people think like, oh, I'm, I'm wrapped up in covers and don't want to see the world. No, uh, but I, I have been just like a little saddened because for the last like year, I really haven't had anything to like tinker with and like build like. I have plenty of things to disassemble, <laughs> but nothing to like build something new. And uh, yeah, today I'm waiting for something to come in the mail along those lines. I haven't told the guys what I ordered, uh, <laughs> but maybe delivered during the podcast. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but to to what Joe was saying is like, yeah, you need to sometimes have a, a hobby or something that like that that distracts the mind. You yeah. know, it, it's you know, they they talk about the shower principle where, right. like, sometimes your greatest ideas come to you while you're in the shower, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's because, like, your brain goes into a relaxed state. You're no longer, like, crunching the numbers, you know, right. so right. to speak. Um, and the same thing comes from dealing with, like, small details and, like, working and tinkering on things. It has the same sort of, like, soothing effect on the brain you right. know um you can there there's actually if i'm not mistaken there's a japanese word for this uh phenomenon and i don't remember what it is i apologize uh but it's like a repetitious act of focus that that brings calm to the brain you mm. know so mm. like um Shining your shoes, doing those Zen gardens, like mm, mm. all the 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 little like rock garden things. All of these are part of that that kind of practice. And like right. culturally, the Japanese actually identified it as like a unique human experience mm -hmm. uh, right. that right. they right. they gave a, a term to, which I really appreciate. Like yeah. we need more of that in in American culture. I exactly. feel. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think on that note, uh, if you guys don't mind wrapping my, our first uh, topic of, I think yeah. we talked about FOMO. Um, <laughs> I just want to tell um, our listeners that it's okay not to FOMO. And, uh, you know, you're as fine as who you are. Uh, just, you know, live your life. I mean, if you're not suffering as, you know, for you know, being FOMO, I guess, that's great. You can still you know, have a fear of missing out, but um, you know, whoever is suffering, it's okay to not to FOMO. And then also it's okay to kind of shut yourself from the world sometimes. And like what you mm -hmm. said, you know, do the things that are more calm and relaxing and, you know, um, like what Joe was saying, you know, have, have a hobby, you know, I think mm -hmm. it will be a really great, uh, you know, resolution to this problem. So, yeah, yeah, it was uh, great, great stuff that you guys shared. Um, should we talk about the, uh, the discussion topic now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We definitely have uh, a, a lot that we can get into for sure. Yep. So, um, 
And you'll want to maybe start off kind of um, explain what we are going to talk about. Yeah, uh, I can do that if you guys like. So uh, for this week's discussion topic, we wanted to kind of touch on something that we have hit on uh, both today and in our previous podcast and something that comes up a lot in our own personal discussions. Uh, We wanted to cover the topic of we've been seeing a lack of physical objects in the world. Uh, we're kind of on the precipice of entering into like a digital era where like our physical objects are becoming more and more portals to our electric or electronic world and possessions, you know? So this week we, we really wanted to cover this transition of the physical to the digital and, on some level, at least for some of us, make a plea that we need more physical objects, tactile objects and experiences, not just more apps, more tapping on the screen, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, Joe, why don't you uh, jump in and and kind of share share with us your opinion, you know, on these matters? Yeah, yeah, like... Like, as a product designer, I always tend not to... I mean, the app, the digital world, like we mentioned before, it's a trend right now. But as a product designer, I always wanted to create something that is more physical, more more, uh, more tactile experience-based. And I think this there's a lot of product out there that is, that is not, like, physical, physical product, you know? Like, it's product and its digital apps of software and the product combined. Mm-hmm. And I think I think sometimes that's good. It's a trend right now. I agree with it. Like it, it is a trend that other companies are doing it. But when but I really think that we need to have product like physical product for us to use because the physical product can give us as a user can give us more Mm, how is it more more uh, feeling mm. of using the product? You actually, it's funny. It's like sometimes, sometimes when I see physical product, I actually think that I am life, mm. not just like they like using using apps. And yeah, and I think like as a designer, like when we design things, we always tend to think that, oh, everything can be digital now. Why should I design it? Mm-hmm. Just do it on software. And and there's a lot of ex- example. We can get into the example e- uh, like later, but there's a lot of example where digital digital software thinks it's not necessary. It's not 100% the end solution mm-hmm. for physical use. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And for my previous like working experience, we're trying to avoid that because a lot of times when we design things, people think, oh, why do you design this? Why, why is this the way it is? Why do you just use app? Why do you not, why do you just, you can just design something that you can use your phone or something. And I told them, if you design something that is using software, then it's a dead product. 
it's there's no mm-hmm. spiritual, there's no emotion, there's no story to tell. It's just a product, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know if you guys, but that's what I feel about physical object mm-hmm. transition, digital mm-hmm. object transition, and physical object transition. And I think it's really important for us, especially this time in COVID. This time we like, like I say before, we have we need to have physical like hobbies, right? What I mean by physical objects, not just it's not one hundred percent just product itself. Things it can be things that you do or things that you can approach, not just mm-hmm. designing product, not just using like like a mark or using using your your headphone or something or using your knife, but yeah. it's actually a, it's actually activity, physical object activity. That's what mm-hmm. I think of. Yeah. Well, it's a really, really, uh, you know, interesting point you made there uh, because, you know, while you were explaining, I I just was thinking about the sports, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Sports used to be, you know, originated normally from a lot of, a lot of these are from either, uh, you know, military training or, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of, like diff- two different tribes kind of come together and compete to resolve a problem or something. Yeah. So it was more, the sports was actually, they, it started, it originated because it's in need, but eventually it grew to become more like entertainment and also mm-hmm. for people's health. Um, and if you think about modern people's uh, lifestyle, a lot of times we're in front of the screen and on the phone we're not moving around as much as before. That's why a lot of yeah. people start working out separately, you know, making that time to work out, you know, making the time to jog around. But if you think about it, ancient days, we probably didn't need to do that because we already get a certain amount of exercise just by living the life because you have to get somewhere and stuff. You know, I think eventually uh, that's what we will need to see is um, a lot of our uh, jobs or um, even, you know, stuff like hobbies too are just kind of sitting around, you know, doing it on a screen mm-hmm. and you know, lack of human interaction physically too. And, you know, always on a screen. I mean, even we are doing that right now. <laughs> but to compensate that, we need something like, you know, uh, you know, like a sports that were developed, you know, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I think what Joe is pointing out is correct. You know, like something that you can do physically, um, yeah. you know, that you can still enjoy. And um, I think in the future, that's, you know, a lot of the stuff that we needed to do, you know, such as um, commuting, you know, no one's going to commute anymore. Then how are we going to compensate that whole time of getting fresh air to, you know, get ready and walk around? I don't know. Maybe there will be something else will take mm-hmm. over for humans to still have that experience so that, you know, we're not losing that essence. Um, and, you know, eating out, um, socializing, especially socializing right now is very difficult due to COVID-19. Um, a lot of online platform is being developed, but how are we going to compensate physical uh, engagement? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How mm-hmm. are we going to meet uh, you know, your date opposite gender, um, 
you know, new new uh, person if if you're always stuck at home. You know, online is gonna just do so much. Um, but at a certain point, you have to meet the person, right? So, mm-hmm. um, how is it gonna happen? I think those are kind of the uh, the challenges that that will be considered. And funny enough, I think a lot of uh, psycholo- uh, psychologists and uh, um, yeah, those, those people are um, actually, and counselors, uh, they are super busy at this moment. I'm pretty sure, uh, sure if you know, oh, totally. yeah, you hear it from your parents too, but um, it's because uh, we lost a lot of those aspects um, you know, during last year and people are just not stable. They're, they're kind of going crazy. So, um, I think that's why, um, you know, these people will get busier, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, just kind of going back to what, what Joe was mentioning, um, there will be something like that will develop to compensate our situation right now or has to, I think. It's interesting because I have a perspective that's kind of informed from from both of your sides, actually, which is really interesting. Um, so what I've been seeing and like what's frustrated me has been again, you know, uh, you've heard me say it several times, but like the, the fact that our kind of experiences are becoming more portals, you know, like. You have a phone, you have a tablet, you have a computer, all of this stuff is great. It takes you to a wealth and depth of information, you know, that you never had access to before. But at the same time, uh, I would actually make the argument that the rise in psychological problems that we've been seeing predates even the, the pandemic. You know, I would say actually since really the onset of social media becoming like a a prominent part of our lives where we're always tied to a device, always tied to a screen. Everything we're doing is like mixed with FOMO and like Mm. we're stuck in place. We're not going out. We're not doing things. All of our experiences are digital uh, all of this is culminating into the the sort of issues that we see today. You right. know, humans are grounded in the real world, and and what I mean by that is not in some sort of like social judgment of the real world. I literally mean three dimensional space, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? And like we are we are grounded in in a in a world of, of objects and tools of our creation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has been this way ostensibly since the beginning of humanity, right? Right. So for humanity to, to transition into a digital space, a space of theoretical objects, of theoretical possessions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is asking a lot from humanity, you know, uh, and is going to come with considerable growing pains, considerable growing pain. Um, and so for me really like, I feel, I feel mixed, you know, because like 
on one end, digital is very exciting. It offers us new opportunities. That's one of the reasons that I I got into the drone space, right? Like the concept of a of multi-rotor aircraft uh, has existed almost as long as the airplane, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, a man by the name of uh, Bruget developed one of the earliest and most sophisticated uh, multi-rotors, I think in like, if my, if my memory serves, like around 1912 or something mm-hmm. like that. It's mm-hmm. not a new idea by any means, right? And actually, multi-rotors were still competing with helicopters up until about 1950 as, like, be, becoming the prevalent sort of, like, helicopter-ish platform, right? But the problem was they didn't have the sophistication of being able to balance out what all four corners were doing, mm-hmm. right? You can't do that mechanically very easily, that's where electronics solve the problem. And now we're seeing this new explosion of multi-rotors and drones, right? Because like the, the electronics are capable of making it do things that never did before. Right. However, where drones differentiate, for example, from your phone is the drone is the product and stop, right? Like it forces you to go outside. It forces you to like, hike to a location where you can fly the thing and set up and be outdoors and breathe fresh air. Right. Like that's where I think drones are a very interesting, like product for like the digital era. It addresses some of the concerns that both of you are saying about, okay, you know, you need something to tinker, but also something that gets you physical and gets you, you know, out of the house and doing things right. 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 Versus a phone a phone lets you just stay in place. Yeah. You know, social media lets you stay in place. It's beautiful because you can access it anywhere, but it's also its downside. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and right. kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about FOMO, it's like it's becoming more and more important for people not to engage with all of the stuff that that, that portal offers. And for me, as a designer, and if I was a manufacturer, that would be a concerning situation, right? Right. That will eventually lead to a decline in sales and a decline, uh, you know, my brand, because people are saying, don't engage with this now. It's unhealthy and it's bad to engage with this, okay? So, like... The, it's a complex issue, but I think it, it it's one that needs to be addressed. You mm-hmm. know, like, definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely. I and I I I can't foresee what the solutions are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but it has led to an overall trend, I would say, of less physical objects in the world. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, people are saying are appifying everything. So like right. now I don't need to develop a sophisticated physical object because I throw Bluetooth and a chip on it and now create an app and it solves all of my problems. Right. You, you know what I mean? Um, and between you and me, I'm tired. Like why does my microphone, why do my headphones, why do this, that all need an app? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have so many experiences that, yeah. you know, like, even, like, 
this is so funny you mentioned like so funny you say that because I bought like a like a temperature mark developed by one of the company that I'm not gonna say it. But yeah, yeah, it's just a simple mark. But I still need an app to control the te- control the the cup. Yeah, the t- <laughs> why why have to buy this if I can use this? Yeah, right. And every time, every time, like like this is where I'm very frustrated about nowadays, like our, our society is. When people think about design, they think about oh UX UI, like yeah, they immediately think that oh you need to design an app, you need to do software. But no, product design is it's pure product design. Like you, of course you you can design like a software, but product design a physical object that you use. That fits in your hand perfectly. Even even like a even like a sound. It's even like a sound that make sound that makes the click mm-hmm. the clicking sound, yeah. or even just like a tactile totally. feel. It's it's something you can touch, and mm-hmm. you can. It's something you can put the effort on. Yeah, not just yeah, like yeah, yeah. having UX UI and software, and you know, <laughs> it's it's very frustrating, but. I guess, but I think I think we need to leverage that because this is the trend right now. So, as a designer, I always think that oh, if I'm design, okay, I'm if I'm designing software, if I'm designing UX UI, sometimes I will try to fit, trying to put my design solution as a physical product designer. Right. I think uh, um, you know a lot of the examples, you know, such as like calendars, calculators, you mm-hmm. know. Those like very fundamental ones already became like uh, digitized and became like mm-hmm. app, right? Um, yeah. I think, um, a lot of times, those simple products kind of jump from physical product to digital product, like very, you know, with the huge hop. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, like coming from automotive design background, um, like car industry has transitioning very slow but steadily from physical to uh, digital right now mm-hmm. and um, I think there are a lot of controversial you know talks about um, this phenomenon and uh, you know of course Tesla has a huge role in this too mm-hmm. and these a lot of the car companies are utilizing the uh, app and you know funny that Joe you mentioned, even car design studio nowadays, UI UX designer are are very uh, in a powerful position. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. lead the design uh, because you know uh, internal uh, interface is most important factor in a vehicle design nowadays because people are doing so many different things in the car, and yeah. you know, UI UX designer is the one who resolve all that problem. So mm-hmm. exterior designers uh, used to be very uh, in a spotlight, um, mm-hmm. you know, seen by a lot of people as the major uh, player are now slowly um, kind of pushed away from the main stage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, interior designers and UI UX designers slowly taking over that spot. But funny there are some companies still trying to build uh, really nice um, looking vehicles with exterior designers. And I think there's a reason why, because cars, you know, still was before when people bought the car because of the look, you know, there, there were a lot of 
uh, fashion design factor into um, car. You know, it kind of expresses your image. It becomes totally. your external body. So even if you're not going to be able to see the outside of the car when you're driving, you have this tendency to imagine yourself being in a car when you're driving around, and you know, sort of being mm-hmm. aware of what other people would kind of think of you when when they see your car. I think that's why the exterior design was very important. Yeah, I think still very important in in a lot of ways because it's the first impression. Um, but eventually, people start looking inside of the the vehicle, and then if they don't like the interior, if they don't like the UI UX um, capability, they just sort of uh, you know step away from the uh, the vehicle. Um, I personally think it's very interesting. You know, I don't know if what if it's good or bad, but I know for sure that eventually this will come this way for automotive design industry. Um, yeah. But there is also beauty in this phenomenon because now um, the classic vehicles, like you know those cars from seventies and sixties, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. becoming more unique, and the price is going up, and everybody is sort of you know reminiscing their uh, past, their, you know, I mean, I, I was never born in 70s, but I still love 70s cars because it has the essence that, that Joe was mentioning, the emotional factors, mm-hmm. that, uh, indirect communication with your vehicle, you know, it's not so obvious, you know, you can interpret in your own way mm-hmm. and still enjoy the vehicle, you know, so um, that's why I tend to have um, air cool engine motorcycle, even yeah. though it just has more stuff to maintain because of you know the uh, the beauty of vibration and yeah, yeah the noise and you know um, this whole vibe of classic vehicles are so mm-hmm. different from the EVs. So even if EVs are the trend, EVs are what it's all about right now. I'm not a big fan of EV. I would probably buy one EV just yeah. because it's safe. Yeah. Guess, you know, but I won't enjoy going from point A to point B. But you know, having motorcycle, having a classic vehicle, definitely, I will enjoy the whole scenery. And you know, same thing with what we just talked about before. You know, I won't be as fumbling as much if I'm in a classic vehicle because I'll be just focused on driving, you know, yeah. whereas yeah, right, right, right. Tesla with like a huge screen, I'll probably check up on stuff again, you know, like yeah, exactly. you know, what is going on in the world. So, um, yeah, I think that's why it is definitely um, convenient, you know, especially for, you know, uh, for the environment issue too, you know, that, that they're creating less, um, you know, uh, pollution, that's what they claim to say. Um, but um, still, you know, I would like to have some old product in my, you know, old vehicle uh, at my home so that, you know, time to time, you know, I'm just emotionally attached with the product too. You know, to, to that point, there is something very interesting. Like years ago, um, so like a little bit of background about me, like I, I have been a diehard like electronic music fan. Mm-hmm. since about the age of like 15, you know, um, 
And considering I'm going to turn 40 this year, that that's a long time. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And you don't look 40. No, thank God. <laughs> I don't feel it either. You, you look like, uh, you yeah. look like, my age. like, same my age, like, yeah. already. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I really like you, you. I thank God for that, you know. Uh, but here's the thing, you know, what, what's very interesting about that is like, I, I've, I used to go to raves. I've been to big ones, underground ones, done a lot of stuff, you know, in the space. I even like tried my hand DJing for a while when I was at my first university. And one thing was always very interesting about electronic music that always struck me, right? Mm-hmm. When you listen to classically composed music like Beethoven, Mozart, Vivaldi, like uh, Schumann, like whoever, right? Right. It can make you feel things, you know? It can sway your emotions. It can stir memories, you know? Yeah, and electronic music doesn't tend to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was always very curious as to why this was the case. And there was a, a DJ years ago. His name is escaping me right now, but he was very famous. He was on the level of, let's say, like Tiesto or Oakenfold at their like the peak of their popularity, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually commissioned a university to study this phenomenon. And what he found was that music that's played on traditional instruments is off of the intended moment. So if like the, if the note is supposed to hit it one second, Mm -hmm. a traditional musician can't be precise like a robot. So they'll be off before or behind that intended one second mark by like microseconds. I mean, right. really like imperceptible to the human, you know, ear, but right. to like a computer, oh, they see it, right? right? Electronic music, on the other hand, never misses the mark. When that bass beat is supposed to hit at one second, you hear it. It never, yeah. never misses that. Yeah. So what they found is psychologically that degree of human inconsistency generated emotional attachment and emotional engagement with the music. The digital hyper-precision was actually off-putting to the human brain to some degree. So people, when listening to electronic music, tend to remember events that they were doing during the time of the music but not the music. Right. Whereas people who listen to, let's say, like traditional, like why is Beethoven's Fifth so famous? You know what I mean? How how many millennia has that thing lived on? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. right? Like how many decades, how many, like it's crazy, right? Whereas like we won't remember Oakenfold's number one banger like 100 years from now. Like it just right. is not going to happen. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so the same quality I feel is reflected in physical products and physical goods and the things that we design, mm-hmm. the handmade quality, the attention to detail, the those the physical side of things. Ex- it, it it pulls the same emotional attachment and response 
in the same way that music does with people. Right. You know? Right. So, like, design in 3D will never have the same feel as something that was sculpted by hand. You know, mm-hmm. things that are made to be purely digital will never, ever elicit the same attachment from us right. as something that was made in by by human hands. You know what I mean? Right. And that's something that we can't lose going forward. There, there's mm-hmm. we have a deep psychological attachment to that, you know, um, and we need to be aware of that going ahead, I feel. You know, so anyways, again, long, long point to make a very simple one. But <laughs> like when I'm making models, I enjoy the process. The biggest point is enjoying the process. And sometimes like you see those uh, model that's made 3D digitally. It's way you will see it like when it's mm-hmm. created digitally, you will see it exactly what digital means. Like very mm-hmm. clean, very very clean, very pure, very precise. Precise. And when yeah. I make it, when I'm making models, I, of course, I'm human. I can't make like perfect colors, perfect shapes. Mm-hmm. But when I screw up those shapes, those uh, dots, that's where the fun part begins. Where if you screw up a little bit, you can fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you fix it, it becomes a new thing. Yeah. Like when you like what I mean by that is that let's say build models of Formula One cars. The exhaust pipe is just exhaust pipe. But what if you put it in different colors? What if you make it into a burning mark? Yeah, mm-hmm. that it's not artificial. It's a mark that is there and is is there because it's damaged mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. real life. And I think those. Small detail, like Sheriff mentioned, this small detail, attention to detail, those small little parts, it's where it makes the product more alive. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. has, and it also has a human touch, tactile experience that we were talking yeah. about. And right. I think by building all these kind of models, all this kind of approach, it tells a story all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can see when the audience see it, you can they, they will feel... The power of uh, the power of the mo- uh, the model making, the attention of the attention to detail of the model making, and mm-hmm. they will also most importantly they will also feel the modeler. They can feel the modeler's passion of building yeah. this model. Right. Yeah. Right. I just uh, was going to say on this note, like my my mentor Liliana Bracera, the one that I mentioned earlier, she she is focuses on color material and trends. And before I knew her, uh, she worked at Nokia and created a series or spearheaded a series of phones Mm. at Nokia called the Le Amour series. And one of the things that was really special about them, they were all digital cell phones, but these had like faux leather backing Mm. and had like a little cloth tag sticking out of them in a contrasting color. And it, it gave this feeling of something that was special and high quality. And like people like her are not present enough in the industry. Like how cool would an iPhone be with like, you know, a little hand place mm-hmm. like cloth detail or something, yeah. you yeah. know? 
uh, it, it just would tell a deeper story than yeah. just yeah. a rectangle yeah. with some circles on it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think uh, you know with with the uh, uh, the Joe was pointing out about the imperfection. Just kind of remind me of um, Jackson Pollock's artwork from. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the movie uh, uh, Ex Machina. Mm. Is, you know the the robot becoming more more like a human. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when I was watching the movie, that artwork really got my attention, and ever since then, Jackson Pollock's uh, painting was one of my favorite uh, painting because there's a quote that that the main character, one of the main character was saying when he was explaining about the artwork, it's not intentional, but it's not random. It's somewhere in between, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. what humans are like, you know? So, yeah. yeah um, I think that's something that robot cannot really uh, imitate, you know, which is mm-hmm. robots are always intentional, but they cannot go random or they cannot even go somewhere in between because if they want to go random, they have to be intentionally random. They, yeah. you know, robots always have certain purposes. Which is an oxymoronical statement. You cannot be intentionally random. Yeah, it's right, impossible. Right. right. So, um, you know, going back to that imperfection, you know, maybe even the word perfect is very human-oriented word, you know, because to the nature, maybe already this imperfection is perfect for them. Yeah. It's just that humans are quoting that the nature is not perfect, and mm-hmm. whatever we're idealizing, what we're whatever we're pursuing is perfect, which it is Ooh. everything precise, everything digitized, everything. Uh, I like that. Yeah. So you know, it, it's just a way of thinking. A lot of people probably think mm. that oh, you know, perfection. Is doesn't exist in the world. Maybe it already existed. Maybe humans just have. Yeah, we have difficulty accepting it. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, I like that. I like that's <laughs> deep, man. I I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it was just uh, flipping the the idea because if you think about it, everything we think about is just very us oriented. You know. Mm. Yeah. Very very. Uh, why do we have to go faster? Because. Uh, I was just listening to Louis C.K.'s uh, old um, talk show. I know he say a lot of like aggressive stuff time to time, but one thing really caught my attention was he was basically mocking like Caucasians, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. European, uh, who were very um, developed in an early stage with like Industrial Revolution and all that stuff. And he was like uh, making a scene talking with God, and God was questioning these guys. Why do you have to go faster? You know, why do you have to mm-hmm. do do things more perfect? We, I already provide you everything, you know. And the humans go, oh, because that dude is, you know, that you know, the other country is doing better than us, so we have to be better than them. And yeah. then God is like, why? You know, I'm already like, <laughs> providing you everything. You know, <laughs> why are you guys so weird? Like you humans are like, you know, I already gave you perfect system, and you're destroying my system. You know. <laughs> That's really yeah. Just live with like nature, you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. Order, you know. I already created everything for you, and what what do you need more to for you to destroy the wood and you know forest and destroy like you know hunt down the animals and you know 
Yeah. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Like, dig in. There's like you know sweet potatoes and yams that you can eat. Like if you <laughs> if you look up, like there's a the fruits on a tree. You know, like why do you need more? Why do you need car? You know, why do you have to, like, dig out like oils from the ground and all that stuff? Yeah. So yeah, you know, that really kind of caught my attention. You know, it was yeah, yeah. It was purely entertainment, like that he was creating, but that was very philosophical to me. Totally. Yeah. So I think it kind of leads back to what we were talking about earlier too, like FOMOing and everything. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do have why do humans have this tendency to move forward? Um, mm. And in the end. You know, it's because you're just scared of somebody else might be, you know, in front of you. But yeah. why does it, why does it matter? You know, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. That the nature of human try to consume the other person. You know, mm-hmm. they just can't. I've never seen a million millionaire just stay cool and chill and just do your own thing and you know not being bothered in not bothering other people. They always yeah. want more. Yeah. You know. I just wonder why. <laughs> it, it, it's it's part of um, it, it, it's so interesting because I always argue that like my parents could have worked with me to spearhead uh, like a cross disciplinary look at design and psychology mm-hmm. because like this is where psychology is an excellent excellent like explainer right like. <laughs> A lot of these people who are who are like this uh, do have some degree of like psychological imbalance, you know, and they do have a sense of emptiness right. within them that they just need to constantly consume and fill and achieve, and there's nothing that gives them a sense of satisfaction, right. nothing that gives them a sense of fulfillment, you know. Um, and unfortunately with stuff like, like FOMO and pushing these buttons and like popular culture, we're going to breed more of that, you know, where like people just are not happy with like the world. And what's so funny is, is, is Louis CK and you bringing up the point is so true. So that will conclude part two of episode two, and we will come back with part three. Thank you.